where is this billboard? Coming up. I need to see it. I know. We've been looking for it. I think we've been looking for it for like weeks. Okay. Coming up. I see an American Idol billboard. Oh, there it is. Where? Oh, there it is. The fix. I see it. Oh, my God. Yes. It's real. It's real. Yes. All right, we need to stop and take a picture. Okay. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this week's episode, we are going to discuss time management. And then in our segment, Take Two, I'm going to revisit my decision not to let traffic get to me. This week's business-savvy Hollywood hack is a must before important meetings. And finally, Liz will share her housewives celebrity sighting. But first, Sarah, we have an important announcement. We had told everyone we're having a meetup on March 3rd, which we are having a meetup on March 3rd from 5 to 7 p.m., but it will not, I repeat, not be at Idle Hour where we had it last time. Yes, someone bought out Idle Hour, so we are changing our location. (laughs) Yes, we are changing our location to the federal NoHo. It's on Lancashire. We have the um, location up on our Facebook group, so you can find it. Very cool space. We have a lounge reserved for HIHers, so it's going to be great. So tell your friends (laughs) the location has changed. Not idle hour. It will be at the federal NoHo. It'll be at 5 p.m. Sunday, March 3rd. Join us, and we're all going to put our words of the year on scraps of paper and put them in a jar and, you know, have a little pep talk. Yes, and after which we are going to explode. Yes. And other people can do their words of the year. Yes, yes. In dramatic fashion. So please join us March 3rd at 5 p.m. at the federal NoHo. Yes. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk 7, which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's time management. Now, this came up because recently we were on a panel um, at the WGA for their showrunner training program. It's a great program the WGA started years ago where people who are getting into the upper ranks of staffs and who are about to potentially become showrunners go through this series of workshops where they talk all about the different aspects of being a showrunner, which is a very overwhelming, difficult job. And this sort of just helps you know what you're about to get into. And so we were on a panel um, about work-life balance. Yes, I think much of the showrunner training program is is kind of terrifying. Yes. And really emphasizes how hard the job yeah, is. Yeah. But we were, I'm happy to say, on the panel about how it is possible as a showrunner to have work-life balance. Yeah, we were on, it was us, it was Carol Barbie, who's like 
a queen of TV writing. And then also the two Chrises who created Halt and Catch Fire and have managed, one of them lives in Claremont, which is very far away. Um, but they've managed to figure out how to have a sane work-life balance. We all have. Yes, and to, get home for bedtime. Yes. So one of the things that was interesting— I, I want to clarify, for kids' bedtime. Get home for your kids' bedtime. Yes. <laughs> Usually. Usually. Um, but anyway, th- before we came on the panel, they asked us to prepare some statements about what's a good time management strategy you've tried that's worked and what's one that's failed. So that led to you and I spending a lot of time discussing our various time management strategies, and we thought they'd be fun to share Yes. today. Now, the first bad one, should we start with the bad? Yes. Uh, you came up with this, which is rewriting instead of giving notes is a bad time management strategy. Yes. A lot of showrunners do all the rewriting themselves, and they think it saves time because it's like, it's just easier for me to do it myself. I'll just do it, and then it'll be done in two days, and I don't have to think about the script again, as opposed to spending hours giving notes, having to read again, and then give more notes, and it's a days-long process. But the truth is, if you spend the time to give writers notes and to allow them to rewrite over time, and not a long time, a couple of months, they get how to write the show if they're a good writer, which most people on staffs are good writers. And by the end of the season, it means you're getting drafts that are so much closer to where they need to be, and it cuts down on the work for everyone. Absolutely. And it also, if if you are constantly in your office with the door closed, mm-hmm. rewriting, you're not doing any of the other things that showrunners need to do. And it starts to create this just crazy backlog in every other arena. And the room finds it harder to move forward. Editing finds it harder to move forward. It, it just spirals um in a in a just terrible way. Now, another bad time management thing which we struggle with and I think all showrunners do is thinking that you should not be in the room. Yeah. You know, that you don't have time to be in the room. Right, you're so busy you're doing so, so busy, many things. You don't have time to be in the room and that it'd be more efficient to let the writers work without you and that that's better time management. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect on this because there were days when we didn't go in the room. But the truth is, the more you check in with the room, an hour, you know, even just an hour, absolutely the more efficiently stories get broken. Because it doesn't matter how amazing a staff is, you have to sign off. And without your sign off, ultimately nothing can really move forward. Well, and if you're not checking in to the room, things can veer off on a path that you For come in days. and you're like, wait, what happens? And then you've lost two days. Yes. If you just check in and say, no, don't go right, go straight or go left, everything can stay on track. Yes. And that doesn't mean you have to weigh in on every single scene, beat that's happening. You just have to make sure things are going in the right direction. And then, Sarah, another bad time management thing, which you and I I luckily aren't guilty of, but we have been victims of many times, <laughs> is thinking that it's going to be a good time management to order dinner and work on breaking stories during and after dinner. 
so true. We have found not a lot of good work happens after dinner. So you're really just burning people out. Well, just burning people out in general is a bad time management strategy, whether it's for 10 hours during the day or at or after dinner. It's like having people just sort of sitting and stewing. It's much better, like, if you're really not going to weigh in, and there's really no productive conversation to be had in the writer's room. Let people, people be home. in their offices or at home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or at a movie theater or at a spa. Yeah, because you may feel like, well, gee, if I keep people here till 10 o'clock tonight, that's all this work we can have gotten done, and I'll start tomorrow morning ahead. But you really won't because everyone will be tired and yeah. not doing their best work. Yeah. Should we move on to good time management strategies that we have discovered? Yes. For us, one of the best time management strategies we have is having an out time. Yes. Which, for practical reasons, right now for us is like before Violet's bedtime. Right. (laughs) Because if you're sort of like, if I don't get home before Violet's bedtime, then it really doesn't matter when I get home. Yeah. So that, and Jack goes to bed later than Violet, so I have more wiggle room there. But we will say to ourselves, okay, our plan is to leave at X time so that Sarah can get home for Violet's bedtime. And the good thing is my house is very close to our office. that is good. (laughs) Um, And then we really weigh, if something comes up, we really weigh, is this important enough to change our out time? Or is it something we can address either later tonight or in the morning? Yes. And what it helps us do is structure our days. Yes. There's not this sense of like, oh, there's an endless amount of time so we can, you know, delay making this phone call or kind of have a bunch of chatty conversations. It helps us stay very focused and efficient to know that, like, we need to accomplish all of this by this particular time. We're obligers. We like to have deadlines. Yes, we do. So that works for us. Now, Sarah, we can't talk about time management without talking about Joss Whedon's great (laughs) epiphany. Oh, I know. This is Um, so brilliant. Joss, who we've worked with numerous times, um, left television for years, and he came back to do Dollhouse with an epiphany about lunches, because a lot of time is wasted in writers' rooms talking about lunch. And Joss realized, he said, on Fridays, we're picking every place we're going for the next week, and everyone's going to get a packet of menus and pick their food for the whole week, and we're never going to talk about it again. It's only going to be on Friday afternoon that lunch is dealt with. And it was very efficient. It was. And on The Fix, Jackie, our writer's PA, sent an email every night letting us know where she was going to get lunch the next day so you could just send her an email with what you wanted, and no time at all was wasted during the day on lunch. Yes. Good time management. Revolutionary. Now, Sarah, on the fix, because you, we had you and me and Marsha, so three of us kind of had to agree on a lot of things, which can get very time-consuming with back and forth. So what we found as a good time management skill was to group things together. So the three of us would sit down in our office and go through like 10 emails, and we could just send one response like, Liz, Sarah, Marsha all agree on this person. Liz, Sarah, Marsha like X outfit. And it would just, as opposed to all of us responding to like a million different emails, it was just a way of consolidating the number of responses required and was much faster. Yes, because there is nothing more maddening <laughs> oh than my getting like 15 photos from Allison, our costume designer, 
and it's like, I like one, three, and seven. And then somebody else will be like, I like, I like two, four, and yeah. six. And you're just and like, Whoa! and then it just spirals yes. into this Looney Tunes chain. Um, so, yes, sitting down, doing it together, you can have the discussion, send one email in response. That was huge. Yeah. And then similarly, we have to look at a lot of photos of things. And it was very helpful if the three of us would look at a photo together and respond, because then we could just discuss the photo right there, um, as opposed to having to, like, send a bunch of emails back and forth about it, which just gets very confusing. Yeah. Now, that obviously is much more with the teams than if you're a solo person, you can just respond to the photo yourself. But if you're working with a team, it's helpful to do it as a group. Yeah, it's really, it's one of those things where technology is not actually helpful. You know, the fact that everyone can respond on their phones. It's actually better to do it in person with words coming out of your mouth. Yes. And then something that I think a lot of people... um, A mistake that a lot of people make is letting things move forward before they're ready. Like Mm -hmm. feeling the pressure of a deadline Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, we're going to move this story on to outline, for example, even though it's not right. That is bad time management. Yes. Put the time where it needs to go. Yeah. Yes. That's a really good point. That's a, like... We we learned that if a story isn't broken properly, it's just going to take an exponentially longer time to get the script right. Yeah. So do it on the front end yeah. instead and, of on the back. And in general, I mean, it's hard as a showrunner because you have to both have a structure to your day and be flexible. So I think a bad time management strategy is to go too far in either direction, Mm -hmm. too structured or too loose. It's like you want to have an idea of what needs to happen, but you also need to be ready to deal with whatever comes up. Yeah. And I think that's probably true in most jobs. Yeah. You know, in all jobs, like time management is so important because you can end up spending so much time on things that aren't important and not enough time on the things that are important. So I think the key is just knowing the difference. Right. Prioritizing. Yeah. Knowing what's what matters and what really, really doesn't. Yes. Like it goes to our does it move the needle discussion. Yes, absolutely. Like, does it we, move the needle? Are we really going to, you know, fight a lot about picture six or picture seven, <laughs> right. whether it's black pants or navy pants? Right. Or are we going to just be like, yeah, the pants look great. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> and speaking of moving on, next up, we revisit my acceptance of L.A. traffic. But first, a word from our sponsor. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
Okay, so Sarah, in episode 73, you talked about being less concerned with punctuality in your life, and that was something that was improving your quality of life. Specifically with parenting. Yes, yes specifically yeah. with parenting. But as part of that, you mentioned that you have accepted L.A. traffic, just accepted it in a very zen way. Mm-hmm. And people have really responded to this notion Yes, we got a lot of feedback on that. Um, Owen wrote, Can you do a deeper dive into your decision to not let traffic make you angry? I'm completely curious about how you were able to make that happen. Was it like flipping a switch? Did you have to train yourself? Do you ever slip up? What tips do you have for those of us looking to stop anger responses to traffic or other irritants? Hmm. Well... It was kind of like flipping a switch. Gretchen talks about lightning bolt moments. Your sister, Gretchen Rubin. Um, And it was sort of like a combo platter lightning bolt moment. One happened when the actor Mackay Pfeiffer, who we worked with on Lie to Me, Mm -hmm. told a story about his experience in L.A. traffic. We were on set one day, and he was talking about how he— was really frustrated in traffic one time on the freeway. There was, like, a big fire engine or something in front of him, and he was like, screw this, and he got off the freeway and was zipping down surface streets, and, like, finally he had to get back on the freeway, like, you know, 30 minutes Mm -hmm. later, and he zipped back on the freeway thinking, okay, now I'm going to get there, and he was right behind the same fire truck, (laughs) but, like, super stressed out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, uh... Like, that made him realize this is all fruitless. This, yes. You know, this insanity is fruitless. Um, and that really made an impression on me. And then sort of in combination with a trip that I took with my dad and my stepmom and Violet to San Diego. And I remember just being like a psycho driver. Mm. And I was like in the car with all of the people that I love the most, mm-hmm. like just – so frustrated. Going on vacation. On vacation, exactly. And so frustrated. And the combination of those two things, I was just like, I can't exist like this. Right. Because I can't change traffic. Yeah. I can only accept it and change myself. And once that kind of landed for me, it I, I really don't slip up. I get stressed which is why I decided I'm not going to be, like, really intense about being punctual with parenting things. Mm -hmm. Um, I get stressed about that. Like, Violet, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go. But I don't get stressed in traffic anymore. Like, I really don't. That is so good. For people who don't live in Los Angeles, I think (laughs) it is hard to understand traffic, just how all-consuming it is. You know, like, my sister's coming to visit in a couple of weeks. Her book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, is coming out. I need to mention. Everybody buy it. Um, I got an advanced reader copy. I just have to interject. I read it. I Like, I love this book. It's changing my life. My house is looking so good. Thank you, Gretchen. It's so good. Anyway, she's coming to L.A. and doing some events. So, um, And we will also have her on the podcast. So I, I will go ahead and announce But she can't believe the amount of sort of mental space that traffic takes up when you're in L.A. Well, it's, you know, the SNL skit, the Californians, is all about L.A. All we talk about is our routes. So I took the 405 to the 101, (laughs) but the surface streets were all backed up. You know, it's just constant. But it And it truly is this, like, it sucks the joy out of life. So if you can rise above that, that's a real improvement. 
You it know, is. I have found, I must say, if I have a podcast that I'm loving, mm. I'm just like, bring on the traffic. I don't mind it. Or an audiobook that I'm loving. Yes. Um, then I will sit in traffic all day long. And what I'll do is I'll leave early. I like to leave early so that if it takes a long time to get somewhere, I don't get incredibly stressed out because right. I hate to be late. Yes, we do that all the time. Yes. If we have a meeting, we are always, like half almost an hour always early. early. Yeah. But if, but if you know, we'll just sit there and talk until it's time for the meeting. Yeah. Um, now, I love what Kelly wrote about traffic. <laughs> she said, when faced with a particularly aggressive or annoying driver, I create a backstory for them. For example, poor guy, he's weaving in and out of traffic and driving over the speed limit in the hopes of arriving at the hospital in time to see the birth of his child. I hope he makes it. That's so altruistic. It it's is. like It's very generous. Now, Jane said, my commute is two hours a day in total. Audiobooks have made a huge difference. I also ask for a change in my schedule so that I arrive a little later in the morning. Although I still encounter the same traffic in the evening, the mornings are better. I know this is not an answer for everyone, but it's worth asking if possible. One last thing I do is I often get off a few exits before mine and take some back roads home. In the long run, I get home at the same time, but the ride is somewhat relaxing and helps me calm down after a long day. As you can tell, I'm not great at acceptance, but instead I'm always trying to fix my problems. Now, Jane reminded me a lot of you, partly because of the audiobooks thing, mm -hmm. but also the way you talk about living in Encino. Like, you like kind of yes. getting away, and the, that drive through the hills relaxes you and makes you feel like you're transitioning from work to home. Yes, absolutely. When I see, like, all the trees and the green, especially now with the rain, it's so beautiful— um, I it helps me unwind. Yes, absolutely. And then my very favorite comment, maybe ever, uh -huh. um, is from Alexandra, who said, "My family, and this might be a Puerto Rican thing, had a saying when someone was driving like a jerk. It basically translated to the person must be pooping himself, but with uglier words. It always made me laugh. Now, as an adult, I still think that when I see bad driving, and it puts me in a laugh mindset rather than a rage mindset." <laughs> Oh, my God. That's funny. Genius. And I also, my thing now and forever is going to be to say that whenever I see someone driving like crazy, because I think that in the future, it will stop Violet from driving like crazy. Ah. If she's like 16 and new in a car and zipping down the freeway, I want her to think like, oh, my God, someone's going to think I have diarrhea. <laughs> 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 Therefore, I must slow that down. That is an excuse to drive fast. <laughs> it is an excuse to drive fast, yeah. But um, I think she'll be like, okay, I got to slow down so no one yes. thinks I have to poop. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for your responses. This, you know, traffic <laughs> is one of the banes of our existence. But you know what? What I tell myself when I'm in traffic, I live in California. I'm so lucky. It is worth every bit of traffic. I love this city. You are a true Californian now. Next on, the Californians. I'm glad you came over, Devin. Well, I do. Maybe you should get going before Stuart gets home. All right. I'll say you're going to take Canyview Driver to San Vicente, and then make a left and go 4 or 5 north. And from there, just get off of Holland. Totally like that.
Okay, Liz, now it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. It comes from Leah Cuello, who is the director of development for Mandeville TV. Um, and we've known Leah since Lori Zacks, the fixed producer at Mandeville, um, hired Leah away from ABC Network a few years ago. Yes, and so Leah gave us a fantastic Hollywood hack. She was, for a time, the assistant to Channing Dungy, who ended up being the president of ABC Network, who we've had on the podcast, if anyone wants to listen to that. Um, But she said when she was Channing's assistant, she would look up a picture of whoever Channing was going to have a meeting with. So, like, say Channing was going to meet with a writer, she would Google the person, see their picture, and also some of the things they'd worked on. And then when she would go meet them, because it would be her job to sort of go out and say, oh, hi, I'm Leah Channing's assistant. Come with me. Um, She would know who she was going to. She could walk right to them, which made the person feel good because it's like, oh, they know who I am here. They're not just sort of shouting my name. (laughs) And also... It can be a long walk back to the office. I mean, literally a long walk. You're like weaving in and out sometimes of these sort of maze-like offices. (laughs) And it would give Leah something to connect with the person about. If she knew, whether it was a producer, writer, director, whatever, if she'd known some things they'd worked on, she could mention it. And it would just be a way to ease that person into the meeting to make them feel comfortable. It's such a great idea. Um, Like, so... Thoughtful. Yes, really um, thoughtful. Yeah. And, you know, we always, obviously, if we're meeting with someone, we try to look at their... IMDb. Uh, yeah, so we know what they've worked on and, and can kind of talk about that. But, like, knowing what people look like so you can just sort of immediately look them in the eye and have that kind of acknowledgement is such a good idea. It would be great for people to do with us because we're a team and no one ever knows who's who. They're always like, which one's Liz? Which one's Sarah? So I would love it if someone was like, oh, Liz, nice to meet you. That's really true. Oh, all right. That's going to be a a test for the next (laughs) meetings we go on. Okay. Yeah, And we interviewed Channing in episode 69. If anyone would like to go back and listen to it, it's she's just... So smart and says so many great things. Yes, we said then, and it's true now, she was our dream interview. Yes. Um, So that's a fun one. So thank you, Leah, for this great Hollywood hack. And also, everyone, you can follow Leah on Instagram at CoolBeansQuello. That's C-U-E-L-L-O. Yes. All right, Liz. It is now time for this week's Celebrity Sighting. Once again, you have seen a housewife. That's right. Um, I've even had this exact same sighting (laughs) in this exact same location, but it's freshly wonderful every time. I saw Kyle Richards, star of the Beverly Hills Housewives, hiking at Fryman Canyon. What's funny is she obviously hikes there all the time because I, you know, now have seen her more than once. (laughs) What's funny about it to me is like she's a big personality on the show. She's always talking. Uh And I sort of expect when I see her in person for her to be quiet, but she's always talking. (laughs) So it's just funny to me that her personality, just my little glimpse of it, you know, passing by on Fryman Canyon, she seems exactly the same as she is on the show. Um, And she's very likable on the show. Um, and she looks gorgeous. You know, she's she's very petite, like much more petite in person than you realize on the show, which is just interesting. But anyway, I saw Kyle. It made my day, made me happy. 
Nice. When I think of her, I think of her eyebrows. She has great eyebrows. Yes. She has great hair in general. Yeah. Her eyebrows are almost as good as yours. Not quite. <laughs> I think I've got a ways to go to get to Kyle Richards' eyebrows level. She's, I disagree. She's got good eyebrow game. Anyway, that was exciting. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to Leah Cuello for this week's Hollywood Hack. You can follow her on Instagram at CoolBeansCuello. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everybody at Cadence 13. Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins, the budding stand-up comic. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at SFain, and Liz is at LizCraft. And very importantly, Sarah, we want to remind everybody to go to happierinhollywood.com for more information about our first Happier in Hollywood retreat, how to get and keep a job as a TV writer, a drama TV writer. (laughs) Until next week, I'm Liz Kraft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sorry, I just got my eye. Have successfully completed my nutrition and healthy living certificate program email. (laughs) Feeling super healthy. From the Onward Project.